listening to the Modesty Awkward Podcast with your host, Francis Armand. Check her out on Instagram and Facebook. Take a seat and enjoy listening to different life experiences, testimonies, and learning to live a life pleasing to Jesus Christ. John 4, 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. How we worship the truth and living God is important. Our special guests take their calling very seriously. Vanessa Marie is a singer-songwriter and worship leader from New Jersey. She has been singing for her entire life, and it wasn't until 2017 that the Lord came into her life and called her to use her music to glorify Him. She has since led worship for her church in Ramsey, New Jersey, and various events for different ministries throughout the state. Vanessa Marie loves to use her gifts and talents to lead others to Jesus and to bring hearts into the presence of the Lord. Also joining us is Imani Hunter, a worship leader, speaker, and podcast host. Imani grew up in a church founded by her grandfather and is currently led by her father. She came from a family of singers and grew up singing in the children's choir and various singing groups. Imani has become a woman who has a deep love for God and a pure heart of worship. Through God's Word and her life experiences, she encourages others to change on purpose and live a life completely surrendered to God. Imani deeply desires for people to become all that God has created them to be. What does worship mean to you? Let us tune in. Welcome to the Modestly Awkward podcast. I am your host, Francis Armand, and we are so excited because I have a return guest and then I have a new guest. So we're just starting, we're starting this podcast off with just something new and something old. So Vanessa Marie, if you had listened to the first episode, she came on a music artist. And then I have Imani Hunter, who is new. She's a worship leader and We're just going to be talking about my worship is for real. The inspiration came from reading a book by John Eckerd, where he talked about Asaph, who was a Levite and served under David's ministry. And his job was just to worship the Lord. He was a chief musician. Him and his family was a chief musician in the tabernacle. So after reading that book, and I I recommend everyone to read it, especially if you're a worship leader. You should definitely read this book because it really will just change your perspective on this ministry. And I am not a singer, but I just love Psalms. And Asaph wrote some of the songs, Psalms, and which are songs. And it was just inspiring. So today we're going to talk about just the meaning of worship and how we look at worship, just not, just not something that we do every Sunday or as a job, but as ministry. So Ladies, when you think of worship, we think of reverence and reverence means a deep respect or awe for someone or something. So, you know, we treat it with respect. So I guess the first question I'm going to ask would be, how do you cultivate reverence 
in worship. And Vanessa, you can go first. <laughs> Hi, Francis. It's so good seeing you. Thank you so much for having me back on. It's such a pleasure. And I'm so excited to get started talking about wait, wait, this topic. Before you even start, since if this is the first time people are listening, tell them a little bit about yourself. Oh, sure. My name is Vanessa Marie. I'm from Northern New Jersey. I'm a singer, songwriter, worship leader, and I'm newly married. And that is how I met Francis. It's like one of my favorite stories ever. I was shopping for my bridal gown and she was helping me. And we literally just got to talking about Jesus and the rest is history. And it's just so awesome how just the stars align. And here we are. It's like two years later and we're still in touch. And our ministries are intermingling. And I just think that is such a God thing and only God can do that. So it's Actually. so great to see you. You too. So when it comes to worship, I definitely want to start the conversation by saying, I want to debunk the notion that you have to be in a church. You have to look a certain way. You have to dress a certain way. You have to do certain things to, to worship God. That is totally not true. You can worship the Lord anytime, any place whoever you're with, it could happen at any moment. And when we talk about like doing it in a respectful way, I think the most important thing is that you're, you're being sincere and genuine and it's not about you. It's about God and what he's done for you and, and, and your life. And it's, it's a moment for you to speak to God and praise him because he, he does all the talking to us with, with the blessings he gives us through his word. He's always talking to us. And when we get, when we worship, it's, it's an opportunity for us to talk to him and just relish in his presence. And I feel like when it comes to reverence, it's all about your state of mind and your heart and in how you're approaching the worship. I don't think it has to do with anything outwardly. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And yeah, you don't have to be confined, especially with the pandemic. We realize that you don't have to be confined to a building to worship the Lord. Um, you can be, that's one thing I knew just cause I, anxiety is one of my, my things. Like I get nervous sometimes. And I remember just walking, just going to the grocery store during pandemic. And what really calmed me was just, just, just singing song of praise. And, yeah. and it, it was just a blessing. And I wasn't thinking of anything about the mask, but just getting in that moment. Imani, how do you cultivate the reverence? I mean, and I, worship? I love what you guys already said. I think ultimately just have a passion for knowing God for who he is. Like, don't make it so complicated. Like, really just get to know God for yourself. Like, really be intentional about that because I think naturally your reverence for him will grow. Your freedom to want to worship him wherever you are and however you want to, it will blossom as you get to know him more for yourself. And you're a worship, um, we, you didn't really give a brief introduction, but <laughs> you a worship leader at your church. Now, sometimes I know growing up, some say that you were called into the ministry and or your pastor will appoint you to the ministry. Do you feel that that's something that is true? Do you feel like it's a calling? Because I mean, like, for, for example, and I'm just Vanessa, I watch you and even you, Imani, like I watch you guys on Instagram. And when you worship, I'm like, there's such an anointing there. And I'm like, I know that has to be a gift from God, because if you ever hear me sing, you'll be like, girl, <laughs> just clap your hands. So that's what I want to. Is it a calling or 
and I know you said anyone could worship, but I think for this particular ministry where you're reaching, because it really is to to gather and to reach souls. Do you think this is a calling or just like, okay, hey, I can sing and then let's just do this? What are your thoughts on that, Imani? I definitely think that specifically with worship leading, of course, anyone can, but I would say definitely do what you're graced to do. So I do believe that people can be called to lead worship and just be mindful of the motive and why you're doing it. Because leading worship is very serious. It's it's just as equal to like giving people a word. So yeah, I would say it's definitely a calling, but don't feel like if that's something you are passionate about, just seek the Lord. I don't want to tell anybody who may have that desire, but in my opinion, yeah, like do what you're graced to do. Just do what you're graced to do. I love that. I love that. Now, what are some of the challenges and joys? Because I know with anything, you know, you might have some challenges, depending even not only ministry, but just in life. And then what are some of the joys in just being a worship leader? So the challenge for me is people, I think. And it's also the joy for me. That's my answer, people, because the challenge is that you have a tendency to kind of do things based off the people. You can get into this place where like, oh, OK, what do the people want? How do the people how are the people responding? And then then the challenge is you know, trying to get everyone's attention to be on God, not on me, not on how I'm singing, not on how I look, not on the whatever is happening around us. That's the challenge. But then the joy is like when that moment comes where we've made room for the Holy Spirit to just flow and we've all just taken our attention off of everything else and put it on God. So that's the joy is like when people are corporately worshiping God and receiving what we're singing about, you know, that's my answer. People. That's true. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree with that because you're trying, sometimes you can get caught up in thinking, okay, which song should I do this week? And then you have to consider all the different age groups and, and everyone's giving you feedback. So it's kind of hard to navigate like the full church, but at the end of the day, everyone is just so grateful and it's really not that big of a deal, but the people is definitely the most challenging. And it's also super rewarding because as Imani said, like, we're all entering the presence of God together as a body of Christ. And you can kind of feel some Sundays, you definitely feel like a shift in the atmosphere. And it's just like such an unexplainable feeling. And it's just, it's, that's why we do this. Like we, we enter the presence and we feel the spirit moving and lives are changed. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's the end goal. That's totally the end goal. Cause I mean, I know there's been some services where people are healed, people are delivered. And this is just during the worship. So it's, it is very important. And I know we talked a little bit about, I mentioned the pandemic earlier. Now we're entering this new norm. What would you say as far as your own personal life? How did the pandemic change how you worship? It definitely changed in the fact that we obviously segued online. So that obviously was brand new and something our church never did before. So it was kind of like, in the back of my mind, I was reaching more people, not necessarily like in my immediate community. So I kind of had to change how I approached worship. I wasn't sure who was tuning in and if they were believers or not. So I kind of just, it just changed a little bit. I was more mindful about what I said and kind of being more like gospel center, just in case there were people tuning in for the first time. And then on a personal level, it just, it helped me get through the pandemic, just 
singing praises and being in my own space, worshiping the Lord. It's just, that's what got me through really. Cause we were so isolated. Yeah. So I was just trying to focus. I was trying to, you know, push forward and, and singing and worshiping definitely helped with that. Awesome. Imani. I totally agree with what she was saying. At one point, my church did not come together at all. So that was so different for me. But um, so on a personal level, it really, you know, grew my own level of intimacy and personal worship with God because there was no one to minister to. Like now it became right. the that most intimate thing to just spend time with God. And it was weird, like to actually have like devotion in my own home, something I never really I mean, I would do it, of course, when I'm studying the word, but when I was intentional, like I'm still going to get up on a Sunday and have this moment with myself and God, it was just like different. And it was definitely something that also helped to keep you sane as Vanessa was uh, saying. And then also when we did go back online, going back to like the challenges, it was like, it made it easier to not have to focus on people. It made it easier to really hear from the Holy Spirit and trust what he knows the people need because you don't see the people. So you don't know if this is actually impacting them. You're just trusting the Holy Spirit. So, yeah. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. There was one thing that caught my attention, Vanessa. I saw you put a post about being unapologetic about Jesus Christ. Because someone mentioned, and I was like, I was like, say it, Vanessa. Someone had mentioned to you that, you know, in order to reach a level in your career as a Christian artist that you have to, you pretty much have to not say Jesus in your songs. And I love that. I loved your response. Can you talk a little bit about that? Can you share that? Because, and it's a two part question. The reason why I would like for you to share this is because now you're starting to see a lot of just worship mirroring the world where it's really some, you, it just sounds so familiar to what you hear, like like pop music. And it's like, it kind of like, you know, it just caused, for me, it, it's confusing. So first, I want you to talk about that. And then we'll talk about how worship is kind of changing. Absolutely. So just, just to give some background, I'm also like an independent singer-songwriter. So I I also write just contemporary Christian music that not, that's not necessarily for the church. So I speak to a lot of different music producers down in Nashville who are all Christian and have successful careers. And I just, every conversation I was having, it just kept coming up over and over again. They weren't pushing it, but they did suggest like maybe to not say Jesus so much, but to instead talk about love and hope and joy and the promises, but, but don't put a name to it. And I was just, my personal testimony is Jesus saved me while I was pursuing a secular music career because I was in the devil's playground working with a lot of evil people. So it's just, it's a very personal thing for me. And it's the personality that the Lord has given me that's very bold and unapologetic. And it's, it's something that he has ingrained in me that I would never like sacrifice my integrity to like make it in music because I had already walked down that road and he saved me from that. So I would never turn my back and just start doing that just because I'm singing Christian music now. So it's a very personal conviction that I have, but I also just feel like what's the point of creating Christian music if we're not saying Jesus, people need to know. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like people, like everyone is so afraid of offending people, but 
I mean, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we can't be tiptoeing around the truth. So that's just that's just how I feel. I really applaud you for taking that stand and just being true to what you believe, um, because that that is rare. You rarely hear about it, and you definitely you don't see it. You don't see it, especially when you listen to music nowadays. So that brings me to the question, how do you feel when you hear music and it just sounds like something that you would hear on a secular, a secular station? Like it's not glorifying, even though people may say, yes, it's glorifying God, but it doesn't, I guess, you know, coming from the world, you know, coming from a secular industry, we know the difference. And I don't know, I don't know your background too much, Imani, but you kind of know the difference. You're like, mm, no, this sounds just too familiar for me. And I don't feel like it's glorifying God. I feel like it's really pleasing the, the masses. So Imani, what are your thoughts on that? I think motive matters, right? I think that at times music can reveal the motive of people in certain ways because music is coming from somebody's heart. It came from somewhere. And so I think the way I feel about it is your motive matters. Check our motives. Even as worship leaders on a Sunday, like, I don't know how, I guess the word is you can flow, like you can find yourself in a flow. You can feel the music in a moment and kind of venture off somewhere that isn't Holy Spirit led, but it just sounds good. I think it's it's easy for us to get off track. And I think it really starts with, or it really comes from trying to be so relatable. And that's why it's so important to use wisdom. Like, yes, as a believer, we should be relatable in some aspect. We shouldn't act like we're so above people and we're mm -hmm. so different than the world. However, we are the light. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so I think use wisdom with relatability. That's like the main thing I can say is it is OK to be relatable. But are we using wisdom? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us in how to go about that? Those are my thoughts on it. No, I love that. I do. And I love both of your answers because it's uh, number one. Integrity is key and we want to be relatable. But the only way I mean, God, who knows all things will guide you because he right. would know the hearts of the people. Because we don't yeah. know what's going on in their lives. I mean, I think that's totally on it, 100%. Another question I want to ask, this one I was a little nervous about because growing up, you would always, the, the two ministries that would always get a bad rap is either deacons and musicians and worship <laughs> leaders. And I know not everyone is bad, but how do you feel about that? It's just like, as soon as you hear something bad, oh, was it the musician or <laughs> was it the deacon? And you're like, wait a minute. Like, where did that come from? And I know, I know when you're out in the open, the temptation is greater because all eyes are on you. And we know that that's the enemy's plan. The higher you go, because you see it with pastors, when the more attention you get, because people are looking at you, people, people look at you for like the word for you, for you to yeah. inspire them. The, temptation, the temptation is higher. So like, how do you feel about that? Let's talk about it. Let's, let's sip some tea on that. I can definitely understand why everyone kind of pinpoints deacons or musicians first, because we have the most visibility when it comes to like the church ministry. So I guess I think it's just easier for, for people to do. And also we just have like a greater platform. So I think that's definitely where the temptation comes in and you feel like, you're comparing yourself. Social media doesn't help at all because I mean, it seems like everyone's a worship leader and everyone's a pastor. So you're, you're kind of just comparing constantly. So it's definitely, I mean, in today, it's just, it really is. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. So 
it is easy to fall into temptation. That's why it's so important to be disciplined and to be in the word every day and, and to, you know, get your heart straight with God every day. So I think that's the way you stay on the path. Imani? Yeah, for sure. I think like you all have said, attention can be intoxicating, right? And I think that especially for musicians, I have a lot of musicians, friends, and I've just seen the to the level of attention they get in the middle of a service. Like I've seen them show me their phone and they get like a crazy DM. Like it's not always things that they're welcoming. It's just things that are there. And I think that that's why the Bible always says to be sober minded. Like it's our responsibility to make sure that we are keeping our minds in order. And then another thing that came to my mom, we were talking is like, don't wait for things to humble you, like humble yourself. Like, I think I that, that when you keep going higher, you're kind of like waiting for things to hit you and humble you. Like, no, I intentionally keep myself humble so that things don't have to happen to come and humble right. me because the Lord like has given us whatever platform or whatever we're doing, given us these things for us to steward well. And I think a part of stewarding it, stewarding it well is, you know, the accountability and the boundaries, but humbling yourself, like realizing that you can't handle this type of attention. So be mindful mm. of how you're exposing yourself to it and what you're doing when it, when it's happening, how you're responding and, you know, things like that. I just humble yourselves as the word says, <laughs> humble yourselves before the Lord. <laughs> I love, I mean, I'm, I'm loving that. This is really blessing me as well. So before we close, who are you listening to now? Like who's your favorite artist? I am personally loving Zach Williams. He's like my all-time favorite. I just love his style and his sound, and I love his lyric content. It's all about redemption and how, you know, we're sinners and we all have a past, but but God redeems us and Mm -hmm. we're a new creation in Christ. So I just love the lyrical content of his songs. You, Imani? Man, of course I'm going to say Maverick City. I'm like, (laughs) like every other day, but specifically I love Chandler Moore. So before Maverick City, I was already like really loving Chandler Moore. And right now there's a band called Red Hands. And I listen to that as I drive because the lyrics, they're Red Hands band. And their lyrics are like so simple and just so calming as I'm driving. And it just, I just love their music. I've been listening to them a lot lately. And who else is somebody lately? All of them. Todd Delaney, you know, um, those are like my favorites right now. He's good. Well, everyone that's listening, I hope that this has really blessed your soul and just take it's take will take your worship to another level because worship definitely takes you to a place where you can reach God. I mean, prayer is very important, but worship does take you to that other level because it's adoration. It's respect. I mean, it's so intimate. And this is something that I really, you know, just listening to you guys and just like how it's important for every day and it's not confined to a building. I really appreciate it. And thank you so much for taking your time. Now, do you have any advice that you want to give to someone who feels like there's a tug, like this is something that they really want to do? Like this is a calling on their life. What advice would you give them? I would say to just go for it seek God to take action. Don't, don't wait for something to happen. Definitely be proactive. And if it's meant to be, the Lord is going to anoint you and he's going to guide every single step and he'll give you the tools. It's just taking that first step of faith. 
Yeah, I agree with her. And don't look for the mic. Don't look for the mic or opportunities. Keep your pursuit of God. And then Mm -hmm. the opportunities will come. People will hand you a mic. People will be trying to do these things and bring them to you. That's my biggest thing. Like, and also remember that worship leading your life is the greatest leader. Like, it's not about that, that moment of singing. My life matters outside of me leading people on a Sunday. And so just remember that as you're pursuing leading worship, make sure you're still living a life of worship. Amen. So how can people follow you on social media? I'm at Let Life Sing. And I'm on Vanessa Marie on Spotify and iTunes and on Facebook. Yes, please listen because you will be blessed. Dope. I'm going to check you out myself, Vanessa. Oh, thank you. I can be found on Instagram, Imani D Hunter, Facebook, Imani D Hunter. And yeah, you can also just go to my website. It's www.purposelytransforming.com for other things that I do as well. Yes. And every, I believe every Monday she does an IG live. Yeah. And it's, it's all about Christian living. It, it is. Yes. Nice. It's not, it's not overnight. It's a step. And Imani definitely pours her heart out every Monday. So definitely tune in and support one another because that's what it's all about. It's ministry and we want to see people saved. We want to see people living a holy life and just enjoying it. So until the next time, this is the Modestly Awkward Podcast. God bless. God bless you. Thank you, Francis. Thank you so much.